Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your supervisors and managers, please check out our newest offering, The Art of Being a Great Boss. In this 13-month program, I'll be taking your managers through our driving results curriculum, which includes topics on communication, performance management, motivation, delegation, problem-solving, decision-making, team development, and much more. These sessions are virtual, running one hour each month, and I'll do it using our popular sketch and seminar, graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoint, stale stories, and outdated tools and techniques. The sessions are engaging and provide practical, tactical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. You can either have your entire organization take our program, or if you have just a few folks, join one of our many open enrollment cohorts that we start every other month. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, as we begin to transition from life with COVID to life with hopefully no more COVID, one of the things that many of us have been wrestling with is who do I want to be post-COVID? Do I want to be my old self 2.0 or am I looking for something totally different? And if that's the case, is my brain ready to handle it? Our guest today is Rachel Moore. Now, Rachel is a life coach. And we're going to dig deep into what life coaching really means. But her topic today is how to train your brain for success. What you put in your brain to think about often results in an output that may or may not be what you want. Rachel's going to give us some great strategies on how to get ourselves ready to relaunch ourselves. And especially for those of you who are parents of young children, some really important tips on how you can get your kids trained up for success as well. She's a great speaker. We had a great talk together. She's got a great offer for you at the end, so make sure you stay tuned to the end. You really need to work with her. But I'm tired of talking about her. Why don't we just talk to her? So with no further delay, let's meet our very special guest today, Rachel Moore. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Rachel Moore, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we could finally meet up. Now, you were referred to me through our very own Rachel, who handles all of our marketing and social media. She heard you speak in an event, and she told me, you've got to call Rachel. You've got to have her on the podcast. And so we <laughs> talked, and uh, thank goodness we got a hold of you. And we want to talk today about how to train your brain for success. Yeah. Now, you are a, you are a life coach, and so we want to talk about what life coaches do, how do you become a life coach, but I'd like to hear specifically from you, what was your journey that led you to this point where now you are a life coach? You know, that's a great question. I would say my journey was my life <laughs> that led me to this point, really. You know, whenever I was in college, I studied psychology um, and I had planned on going the marriage family therapy route. And as I got more into it, and even after I graduated with my degree, then I realized it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. And so I kind of went a little, little bit of a different track for a while where I was helping out a company with their neuroscience things. And from there, then it came down to when I had my children, I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. 
And if I wanted to, cause my company had given me a leave. And so I was trying to figure out if I wanted to go back or what I wanted to do. And I came upon life coaching, which I'd never heard of. Um, I was actually doing an internet search for something completely different. <laughs> and so that's why I say I was led to it. It's uh, for me, it's like a God led thing, right? It's, um, it's one of those things that just totally was brought to my attention. And I looked at it and I was looking at the various, you know, programs that were offered and in particular the top five in the world. And one of them just really spoke to me. So I, I reached out to them and wanted to get some more information. And just after doing that, felt really inspired to, to actually go and become a life coach. And the more and more I got into it, the more and more I realized, oh my goodness, this is what I've been wanting to do my whole life. That and, and public speaking are two things that I absolutely love doing. And so I get to combine both of those because yes, I'm a coach, but I'm also a speaker. And so it's, it's fantastic to be able to do that. But it was one of those things where it's completely changed my life. It's completely changed the life of my family, of my clients. And so it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to, to be a part of, of something that, I, that I'm doing and that I get to do. I absolutely love life coaching for sure. Well, how does somebody become a life coach? Now, I read on Facebook the other day. Now, you have to remember, Facebook is probably the most <laughs> credible place to get your news. Oh, it, totally. <laughs> there is a program, and maybe you... Maybe this is the one you went to. You can become a life coach in four weeks. No, that, um, are, are you, I'm but sure wait a minute. That, but that, this is Facebook, <laughs> Rachel. This isn't, I mean, this is the real deal. So four right. weeks, and, is that all it takes? Uh, not for me, no. I actually went to an ICF accredited uh, program. Uh, that was one of my things. Having been in the corporate world for a while, I was thinking, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And currently, anyone can pretty much hang life coach on their door and be a life coach, right? And you can go to just a four-week program. Um, you know, you can go to all kinds of programs. However, having been in the corporate world like I was and kind of knowing how things are done with regulations, I figured it's probably not going to stay that way forever. And so I wanted to go and get my ICF credential, which is basically it's the International Coaching Federation, and it's kind of the gold standard in coaching. And you have to go through an actual program that's accredited by them. And then you have to do a mentor coaching on top of that. And then you have to have to get the very bare minimum credential. You have to have at least 100 hours of coaching and you have to submit a transcript for them to be able to see you in action as a coach before they will put their stamp of approval on you. And you have to take a three hour test. So it's it's much more involved than just, you know, hanging a sign on your door. And that's the way I went. I actually went to what would be considered the Yale <laughs> of, of life coach programs. It was one of the top five in the world um, that I that I did join. And so, yeah, so to get into life coaching, anybody could do it. Um, that being said, not everybody's good at what, you know, what they do. <laughs> and so I know that's one of the problems a lot of times people have when I'm when they find out I'm a life coach and, and we start talking about it and they say, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard this one life coach saying this or I heard, you know, even some people said they experienced life coaching. And as we get more into it, then I, I realized they, what they experienced wasn't life coaching at all. It was somebody just telling them what to do or something of that nature, which is more mentoring or consulting. And so, um, so it's, it's interesting, but yeah, so I would say the most legit way <laughs> is to go and get your actual ICF credential to go to an accredited, accredited program, get your certification, then actually get your credential and then keep, keep going from there. Okay. Well, I've got like, two more weeks in my four week brain surgery program. <laughs> I guess I won't sign up for the life coaching. Program. I had no idea. 
right. Well, <laughs> so, but, but let's, on a serious note, you are really, yeah. you are no joke, Rachel. You are the number three of the top 10 life coaches to elevate your life in 2021. That's number three out of 10. And that isn't three from the bottom either. So you are the <laughs> real deal. So how, tell me more you. about that award. Tell me what that was like to receive that. And you know, what was some of the criteria for that? Yeah, I know it was very, very exciting and quite the honor to be, to be honest. I, it, it was something I was not expecting at all. Um, I actually asked them when they reached out to me how they found me because <laughs> I was so surprised by it. But, um, but the, I went through an interviewing process and a vetting process. It took a couple of months for them to interview and vet me as well as a lot of other coaches out there. And then after going through the process, then they, they you know, told me that I had earned the spot of number three, which I was super excited about. And so they, an article just went out recently on Yahoo Finance with me as number three. And I was, I was very honored and surprised and just everything, you know, a lot of, congratulations came in and people saying, oh yeah, we knew it. We knew you'd, you know, make something like that. But it's one of those things where as the person who's doing it, you're just like, well, I'm just regular Rachel. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I just, I do what I do, but I love what I do. And I think that's one of the main differences is that I really love it. And it's something that I'm constantly striving to be able to, you know, get to another level too and, and learning and growing with it. And so I don't, I don't stay stagnant like some people do, I think, which, maybe makes a difference too, but, um, but yeah, so, and I, you know, I, I also, I don't just do life coaching. I also, um, work with a consulting firm and, and work with some of their, uh, high potential employees to help them to up their game in the business world. Um, I also am part of some, uh, a nonprofit organization, uh, locally that actually provides pro bono coaching to, um, leaders of non of nonprofits. And so that's that's really exciting to do that. So I have my hand in lots of different things. So that might also be a part of it. Um, and then I do group coaching and one on one coaching. So it's, um, you know, it's a little bit of all that. But yeah, quite the honor. So thank you. I, I yeah, no, I think that's that's, yeah. that's really impressive, especially when you consider how big this country is. And I'm sure yeah. that there's quite a few people in this space. So I'm, I'm impressed. That's really good. Thank so, you. so we got introduced because you had spoken to a group of, it was a MOPS group. So MOPS stands yeah. for, what is it? Mothers of preschoolers, uh, preschoolers for mothers of preschoolers. So when yeah. you speak to mothers of preschoolers, what is mm -hmm. one of your key messages to them? <laughs> um, how, <laughs> how to deal with burnout. <laughs> 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 you know, it's one of the things that, um, no, actually I have, there's three main messages that have been really, really popular, uh, especially during COVID. And one of them is actually put your own oxygen mask on first, uh, which deals with burnout and kind of how to recognize that. Um, and, you know, I share my own personal story in it and how, you know, my plane almost completely crashed. And, and because I wasn't recognizing the signs of burnout. And so I try to help other moms recognize them so that they can do something about it because there's a continuum, right? Of, of those bells and whistles and flashing lights that go off and, and they can get to the part where they're screaming at you, right? Um, it, which can, can be pretty drastic. And so, and, and it's self-care and learning how to be able to, to do that and, and be able to say no to the wrong things so that you can say yes to the right things, especially for yourself. So you you have more to give. That's that's one of the main messages. And then another one of the messages, it's it's create your fulfilling life now, right? Because I think a lot of times as mothers, then 
tend to think, oh, when my kids are older, then I'll be able to X, Y, Z, right? And it's, it's, it's not the case that they actually can start doing things now, even when their kids are young, to be able to be doing that. And so I, I walk them through some coaching processes, actually, to help them and recognizing what areas of their life they can kind of brighten up a little bit and how to start having a little bit more fulfillment. And then I also have one, it's um, train your brain for success and happiness, right? Which is one of the things that that you had talked about. And that's where, because I also am trained in as an anxiety treatment professional. Um, and so with that, then that's been a huge because anxiety went up three times in one year <laughs> with COVID, right? Depression went up by four times. Um, anxiety went by three times. And I'm sure burnout did too, if uh, if somebody was doing statistics on that. And so with that, then I, I utilize some of the techniques with spe specifically cognitive behavioral therapy to kind of help us learn how to manage our minds a little bit better so that we can have better experiences and, and more of the kinds of lives that we're wanting to live. Well, that's the topic I want to drill down on today is training yeah. your brain for success. Before okay. we get there, though, I'm just a little intrigued because I was doing some exploration on your website and I was looking at the things that you believe. And, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, have a, I have a couple of those that I was wondering if you might just unpack those for us a little bit because I found them pretty fascinating. So yeah. you said um, one of the things I read was, I believe we are meant to act, not be acted upon. So yeah. tell us what that means. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times people believe that, you know, oh, I just got angry, so I, I did this. And we're very reactionary in our ways of handling our lives. And I, I don't believe that's how we are made up <laughs> as humans and that we actually have the ability to, to do something about it. And that's one of the things with training your brain is learning that pretty much everything comes from your thoughts. Your thoughts and your emotions and your behaviors are all interconnected and intertwined, but a lot of it comes, to, comes back to your thoughts for example, when you are, let's, let's say this, is this is something probably most people have experienced. You're walking down the street and you see somebody you know, and you wave, right? And that person um, doesn't wave back. <laughs> so maybe you feel a little bit embarrassed, right? Or maybe you feel a little bit angry, or maybe you feel a little bit scared, right? Depending on how you might, you know, have interpreted that. The thing is, a lot of times you don't recognize that you had a thought before you had that feeling, you just, you know, are aware of the feeling that you're having. So if you thought the person didn't see you, you're probably just, you know, neutral, maybe a little bit embarrassed, but it's like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just say hi to them next time. If you're upset, then maybe it's because you think they're purposefully ignoring you, right? Maybe you have that thought, or if you're scared, then maybe it's, or nervous, maybe it's because you had the thought, maybe they're upset at you, and maybe you did something wrong. And so, you know, and depending on, you know, what thoughts you had, which influenced the types of feelings you had, then that will then shape the kind of actions you take, right? Whether you're gonna go ask the person if you did something wrong, or if you're gonna ignore them the next time you see them, or if you're just gonna say hi the next time, right? So I think that's one of the things is that a lot of times people just are very reactionary in the way that they live their lives, and we don't have to be. And that's that's one of the things with the, with training your brain is is learning how to, how to really capture and catch those thoughts that are going to influence the feelings and behaviors that you're having so that you can have the kinds of results that you're wanting so that you aren't acted upon, right, by life. You're not a victim of life, but you're you're being able to be a deliberate creator and, and live your life deliberately rather than by default. Yeah, I guess it's always possible the person didn't even see you when you waved at them too. And here you've created right. this whole narrative on how they hate you right. now or whatever it is. Exactly, okay, good. exactly. Good. All right, so here's another one. You said, I believe to create, um, 
Let's see. Oh, okay. I can't read my own handwriting. See, I, it's that <laughs> brain surgery course I'm in. I'm writing like a doctor now. I that know, was the right? first lesson, how to write where you can't read it. All right. So it says, I believe to create physically, you have to create spiritually. So tell me yeah. what that means. Yeah. So with that, what I mean is it's essentially think of an architect, right? Before an architect goes and builds this amazing building, then they first need to have blueprints. And the blueprints help to guide them as they're creating the building, as they're building it, as they're putting things together, knowing where to put things and, and all of that so that it turns out, you know, to be a pleasing edifice of some kind. Right. And it's the same kind of thing with our lives is I think that kind of goes back to being more a deliberate creator in our lives is that a lot of times we just kind of live our lives by default. And, and what that means for me, that things are created, you know, with spiritually before they're created temporally, essentially, is that by doing that, then it's really getting clear on what it is that you really want in your life. And, and when you get really clear on that and, and the kinds of feelings that you will experience even more so than, you know, what actually the thing is itself, then that helps you to be able to, to have some direction of where you're going. It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, right? When, when she asked the cat, you know, which way should I go? And he says, well, that depends on where you want to go essentially. And it's, and it's, it's understanding where you want to go. And that's where with our minds and with, with our feelings and, and those kinds of things, we're creating really what it is um, before we actually get there. All right. So here's another one. I believe that children are our future, treat them well and let them lead the way. No, that wasn't you. That was Whitney Houston. Yeah, I wrote the wrong <laughs> I one. Didn't I didn't believe yeah, that, though. I do believe I did, that. All right, yeah. After all, the greatest love of all is happening to me, right? No, exactly. I just, that's running through my head as I'm reading these statements here. So. <laughs> all right, so this one is legit. It says, I believe thoughts determine trajectory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that goes back to what I was, what I was kind of mentioning with the scenario of somebody when you're walking down the street, right? The, what I believe is that it's the creation cycle of things, right? You've got a thought. Most often we're first cognizant or aware of the feeling we have, right? But you have a thought usually that will then influence our feelings, right? And then our thoughts and our feelings combine to then shape the kinds of actions that we do or don't take. And an example of that would be if you think about you know, wanting to accomplish something. If you have the thoughts, I can do this, I'm capable, then you're probably gonna feel confident and so you're most likely going to take those actions. If, however, you're having the thoughts that you're unsure whether you're even you know, capable of doing something, then you're not going to feel very confident. And then you might e even not take those actions, right? And depending on what kind of actions you, you take or don't take, then those impact the kinds of results or experiences we have in our lives. And then from there, then the experiences we have, then those provide evidence, <laughs> right, or impact our beliefs. And, and then our beliefs are what, where our thoughts and our feelings come from. So basically is this whole cycle of creation where it starts with our thoughts and then our thoughts then go and influence everything else, which then continue in this cycle of, of either good things or bad things, depending on, on where our thoughts originated or how we changed our thoughts. And that's where the training your brain for success is learning how to kind of do a little hack <laughs> into it. And being able to change the thought so that you can have different outcomes that are there are more the kinds of outcomes you're wanting so that it does determine the kind of trajectory that you do have. So what you're explaining is really what goes on behind the scenes of someone who's going to do something. 
In your yeah. experience, how many people come into, I guess, adulthood primed for success versus those who've had just a terrible upbringing or lots and lots of obstacles where they believe, let's just pick a arbitrary age of 21. Like mm -hmm. someone at 21 could either say, man, I can change the world or somebody could say, well, you know, nothing I do will ever be good enough. What percentage of people in your experience come through with that really negative upbringing, even if it was a positive home life, but something mm -hmm. in there that impacted their ability to get things done? Is that is there a lot of people or that's just a small percentage? You know, I actually tend to work primarily with people who are very driven, the high achiever kinds of personalities, people pleasers also, those kinds of people. And because that's more the people that tend to gravitate towards me, then they typically have the ideas that they can do something, okay. right? More so than the ones that feel like they can't. So I have had some people that have that have come to me that have had those kinds of beliefs and ideas, especially um, with anxiety. <laughs> the ones that are that are, are dealing with a lot of anxiety a lot of times they just they're so in the narrative the story that they can't do something um and and within a few months of working with them then they have made a 180 right and they're able to then one of my favorite things that one of my clients said was be able to manage her anxiety so it no longer manages her mm. right and i think that's the thing is i don't know that it necessarily matters about your upbringing either because i have clients that come from a really, you know, difficult background and that they still are somebody who believes in their ability to make something happen, their ability to be able to, to be successful. And, and I have people that have come from really amazing backgrounds who have the negative um, mindset that needs to be just shifted. And so it's, I think it, it really is just kind of the thoughts and, and the feelings that you have chosen to uh, kind of color your life rather than even there. I mean, yes, nature, nurture, even there's some people are, you know, genetically predisposed to having a more negative kind of, um, you know, mindset. But for me, it hasn't been a huge proportion of the people that I tend to work with. Okay. But for someone who is feeling that, you know, so I'm thinking back yeah. when I was a kid and I remember my dad saying, expect the worst and you won't be disappointed. That was his wow. motto. And my dad accomplished absolutely nothing in his life that he really pushed forward. He quit most everything that he did time and time again. And I think I saw that and I thought, well, I don't want that to be me because I always saw him as being very unhappy, you know? And so I think yeah. I mentally had to put myself out of that place to realize, well, you actually can create a future. But I, yeah. I don't know how many people would be able to do that if that's how you're being trained. So is that what training your brain without having a focus can do? Because I, I mean, I don't know much about my dad's dad. He left him when he was just a little kid, which might've been the start of a lot of that. But uh, I just, I'm just kind of curious, you know, if a person is coming to you with that, is that a hard process to get them to turn that around? You know, it actually completely depends on the person. Um, and it's, it, one of the things that we've learned with neuroscience and things too, is that with visualizations and guided meditations and those kinds of things, you can actually make some pretty significant shifts in a, in a pretty short time span, right? And the thing is, I think maybe it would be more proper to say, instead of train your brain for success, it's retrain your brain. Because that's what I mean by people living by default is that people have been training their brain, whether they realize it or not. 
they have you have these neural pathways, these these grooves that have gotten so deep and believing and acting and you know operating in certain ways in your life that that doesn't mean that it's impossible to change them. It's the same thing as a river, right? That gets, or a lake that gets dammed up just because it has a really deep riverbed doesn't mean it has to always be going in the exact same direction. You can also stop the river from going and, and divert it a different way, just like you can do with your brain. It, it does take practice, right? Just like we've been practicing for 20 years, <laughs> right? Or whatever it may be. And I think that's one of the problems is some people think that it's supposed to happen overnight doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but I know one of the things that I do with my clients, even within a few weeks, then they see some tremendous growth and difference for themselves when they're actually willing to put in the work to retrain their brain. For a parent who's listening today, yeah, what would you recommend they do? Let's just say we have a parent that has uh, preschoolers right now. So it's like the, the mm -hmm. typical MOPS group that would go. What would be yeah. your recommendation to them and, and I mean, is, is that possible they could start the brain training, whatever that process is with their kids so that the kids don't have to turn 20 and say, oh, my God, my mom said, expect the worst and I won't be disappointed. Then I have to go and find <laughs> Rachel for coaching. Is there, is there things that you would recommend so that we could kind of eliminate that baggage early on so an adult doesn't have to carry that anymore? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting because from what we've learned from science, we've learned that actually most of our core beliefs, right? The things that really influence us throughout our lives were formed usually by the age of about six, six and a half, seven at the latest. And so definitely for any parents out there who have younger kids, then please help them and, and help to shape their thinking. And it comes down to when they are doing things, then, then, I know this has probably been said so many times, but it's about praising their efforts, not praising them too, because I know that's one of the things I've seen with a lot of my my clients with their you know, anxiety and a lot of their perfectionism and a lot of those kinds of things is they think that they have to be perfect to be able to be loved. And I think that's one of the biggest things is for parents just to let their kids know, completely know that they're loved no matter what, that it's not about what they do, it's just because of who they are. But there are things that you can do with actually helping them think through their thoughts. I know with my kids, for example, I have two kids. I have a, a six and a half year old and an eight and a half year old. And this is something we're, we're continually working on that they'll say certain things. And, and one of the things that we can do in, in cognitive behavioral therapy is, is working to, to name those parts of you, right? That are maybe influencing you and, and, and getting you to think certain thoughts that are unhelpful. So I, I tend to think of thoughts as either helpful or unhelpful rather than good or bad, right? And if it's unhelpful, then you can do something about it. And when you look at it that way, then, then it's, it's easier, I think, to recognize that you have a little bit of, of freedom to do something if it's just an unhelpful one. But that's one of the things is, is recognizing the part of you that's saying certain things. And, and when you know, you're behaving certain ways, then asking you know, to name that. I know with my son in particular, <laughs> then he has this part of him that whenever he's you know, making choices and he's, he tells me that that part of him and he has a little name for it and um, he'll say, he's trying, to, he's trying to get me to do something wrong. And, and, or even like last night I was talking to my son and, and he was saying, you know, mama, sometimes I just feel like such an idiot. And I was like, oh, you, baby, you know that that's not true, but, but you know, where is that coming from? Where, who's telling you that? And he's able to tell me it's coming from this part of him and he named the part. And, and he said, you know, and I said, so are you going to let that 
be the thing that change, you know, decides for you how you're going to have your life. And he said, no, I don't want it to. And I said, well, well, how does that make you feel? And he said, you know, it makes him feel bad. And I said, well, do you want to have something that makes you feel bad? Be what, you know, tells you the ways that you're supposed to think and, and, you know, really talking to him about his thoughts and talking to him about his feelings. And I think any parent can do that. You can, you can help your kids to recognize that that's just a part of them. That's not them that's having these negative or critical thinking patterns or whatever it is that maybe they've, you know, oper you know, been operating under, or maybe they're being conditioned with, <laughs> depending on what's going on in their lives, right? And sometimes there are things outside of the home, but really talking through the thoughts and the feelings and helping your kids to recognize that they're not bad, they're normal, and that it's okay, but it's also something that you can you can bring out into the light and and say, okay, well, are you going to listen to that or are you not going to listen to that? Well, if not, then let's change it. What would be a more helpful thing for you to think? What would be you know something that could actually help you in that moment whenever that happens for you and and getting them to to play a part in in their own learning and growth too they probably don't realize how fortunate they are to actually have a life coach for a mom <laughs> to be able to start thinking through this right now what would your response be to a parent that would say you know you can be whatever you want in life you can do this you can do that i mean if my mom told me when i was eight hey you're going to be a speedo model someday well, that would be totally <laughs> false. I mean, that would do more to kill the sales of Speedos than anything. But where, where, where does reality fit into training the brains of young folks? Is there a, a time where, because I mean, I remember when my daughter played youth lacrosse, you know, there was a girl and gone, yeah. she sucked. She was awful. And yet, oh, good job, <laughs> Emma. Nice try. Like, you didn't even try. Your stick was on the ground. Yeah. So, you know, at what point are we going to artificially hype up to where a person is 21 and suddenly realizes, oh, my God, nothing's working for me. But but mom and dad said I would I could be anything I wanted. And now I'm nothing. Is is that yeah. also harmful? I don't know. I'm just curious. You know, from my experience, then it is harmful because a lot of times people, when they're faced with reality, <laughs> that they've never been faced with before, then it comes as quite a shock. And, and a lot of times they don't have the skills, they don't have the tools to be able to learn how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with uncertainty, how to deal with the, the just natural things of life that come. And I think that's one of the things, I know I grew up with a, with a mom who told me all the time, she said, she, the way she said it is she said, Rachel, this word belongs to you just as much as it belongs to anyone else. You can, anything that you wanna do, you can work hard at it and you can be successful. And I really have believed that my whole life. At the same time, then I was aware of what my gifts and talents were because my mom helped me to understand, you know, helped me to be able to, you know, try out different things. And we were really poor growing up. So it wasn't, we had a lot of money and I was able to go take all these wonderful classes, but she would do whatever she could to expose me to a lot of different things for me to see what my natural gifts and my natural talents were to help me to be able to build those up and help me build up in the right directions so that I would be able to be feeling successful in the things that I was doing, not false success, not telling me, hey, good job whenever I didn't even do anything. And that's where coming in and praising the effort rather than praising the outcome sometimes is also really beneficial for children is to help them to understand that it's working through the process. Even if even if they didn't you know, succeed, quote unquote, right, then, then that's still great because they had a learning experience. Okay, great, well, can we learn from this, right? And, and learning from that, for me, that's, that's also one of the things that I believe, right, is I believe there's no failure, only feedback. That mm -hmm. even if you fail spectacularly, 
then you still have learned something in the process. And so that isn't a complete failure because you've now grown. You've now, you're now at a different place, even in your understanding than you were previous to that. So that's, that's what I would say. Okay. Well, I don't have to worry. My kids are all grown and thank goodness they're all <laughs> successful. So, you know, I'm, maybe I just got lucky, but yeah. Where's the four week training program on being a parent? That's the one I want to take after oh my. the life coach one, right? For my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to take that one too. <laughs> I feel like half the time I'm just trying to wing it, trying to figure it out as I'm going along, you know? So, well, yeah, the fact that you can say that, that means there's hope for everybody because you obviously know oh. what you're talking about and you got your act together. So let's, let's think about the person who probably is tuning into this podcast today. We, we yeah. try to market to what we see at least is the HR professional, which is a professional good at their job, but oftentimes feel underappreciated, overworked, overstressed, and maybe we're leaving the COVID season, hopefully pretty soon where things we might go back to whatever a new reality might be, but maybe somebody has spent this pandemic really reflecting and maybe at the age of let's say 30, like, oh my God, my life right now is the complete opposite of what I thought it would be. And I've had this year at home to try to figure it out and I can't. Rachel, is that somebody who should reach out to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have so many clients that completely fit that description. It's it's one of those things that even high achievers, you know, people who are very successful in what they're doing, still feel that way sometimes. And and it's it's one of those things where, like I said, because so much of what we do comes back to some very basic tools that we haven't been given in our lives, right? We we haven't been given the tools to understand how to work with our thoughts, right? How to work with our emotions. We've been told oh, that's a bad, bad feeling. Don't feel that way, you know, or you're, you're angry. Well, you shouldn't be angry. It's like, well, no, you can be angry. There's actually wisdom and anger. It's, it's trying to tell you something. What is it trying to tell you? Let's glean that. Right. And so it's one of those things where people who are, you know, overworked <laughs> people who are, you know, who are, you know, severely burdened with so many cares and like juggling all these balls in the air, all of those kinds of things. That's, that's why I work with all the time. It's, like I said, particularly the, you know, driven, the high achievers, the people pleasers who everybody else is like, they're the go-to person. Right. And, and they seem super capable and they look really confident on the outside. But man, if you take off that mask, then on the inside, then, then they're struggling, they're stressed out and they are, they have a lot of self doubt. They have a lot of fear and a lot of loneliness. Right. And it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's recognizing you know, what really, you know, helps you to feel alive again and, and really helping you to learn how to work with your thoughts and your feelings, how to have those kinds of tools to then be able to create for yourself deliberately the kind of life that you want rather than having a life by default, just because this is what people have told you you should do, or this is what you've been doing. So you don't know what else to do that that's, that's living on autopilot. That's being acted upon. That's, that's not acting. And, and those are definitely things that I can help people with. And I, I do all the time. I have so many clients that, that completely fit that description. Well, if 2020 was the year of like total train wreck and destruction, 2021 <laughs> seems to be the year of the rebuild, the relaunch, whatever. Yeah. seems to me, this is the perfect time to start taking some ownership of your life plan. Yeah. So if you if you are listening to this show today and and what Rachel has said has resonated with you, 
Uh, Rachel, how would a person reach out to you to find you, to have you help them through this period of life to retrain that brain for success? How do we find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Rachel Moore Coaching. It's, you know, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. Moore is the German spelling. So it's M-O-H-R uh, Coaching. And, and that's also my website, rachelmoorecoaching.com. But, you know, speaking of the, the training your brain for happiness, that's one of the things that I teach people is, is what I call the three C's. And, and what that is, is learning how to, to catch a thought, right? Because like I said, a lot of times we're, when we're, you know, having some type of emotion, then that's what we're aware of, right? We feel angry or we feel as scared or afraid or whatever it may be, but it's usually preceded by a thought. And so really looking for the thought that's, that's causing those kinds of emotions. And then from there, then, then checking that thought, checking that thought, um, you know, what kind of evidence do you have to support it? And what kind of evidence do you have to refute it? And then from there, being able to change that thought. That's a whole process I take people through. And, and I would be more than happy to work with anybody who is actually wanting to learn how to, how to do that process. And I do that via one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also have a group program. It's called Vibrant You, Vibrant Life. Uh, it's it's 90-day transformational program. And it, it is. It's amazing what my clients that go through this program, they're just within the first couple of weeks, how things are changing for them as we, we really recognize what makes your heart sing and helps you to be able to regain the understanding of what brings you joy and vitality. And then helping you to unlock what's really possible as you tap into the genius of your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts, right? And then, and then being able to truly create what, you, what it is that you want and, and live that life by design rather than by default. So, so they can reach out to me, Rachel Moore Coaching, Facebook, Instagram, um, also on my website. And, uh, and I, I can work with you either one-on-one, -on -one, I can work on you with group coaching. And I also do public speaking. So I, 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 have speeches about all of these things too, to be able to come into organizations and, and help the various people to be able to learn how to have these tools that we're unfortunately not, not given in our lives a lot of times. Good. Well, there's no time like the present to start retraining your brain for success. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today to chat with us and to share some of your thoughts and some of the strategies and our three C's, which are great and also helping enlighten us on what life coaching really is and more importantly what it's not yeah so you can either have the four-week certification or you can come see rachel moore who is the real deal and let's not forget the number three life coach in the <laughs> entire united states so rachel thanks so much for being with us today thank you it's been such a pleasure i really appreciate it thank you so much mac thanks for tuning in to another episode of the hr oxygen podcast we hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.